This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So, as I mentioned before, we've been uh, here for several months talking about preparation for the marital state. And, um, you know, as, as a title, I think my, my title has been really the subject of the entire series, is Am I Ready for the Married State? Am I Ready for the Married State? And I was listening back to, uh, to everyone's messages uh, because my, my purpose is to really recap and to review. Again, it's not going to be an exhaustive review. But I am going to be touching on some of the, uh, the topics that the other ministers have addressed. And I'm going to really focus on, as you all were hearing the teachings, these are some of the questions that you should have been asking yourself. These are some of the conversations that should have been coming up. Um, and so I'm going to say that again so you don't have to jump to that part in my notes. But, you know, really, are you ready for the married state? And let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. So, I don't know if you guys realize it or not, but these messages are, are on uh, our social media sites. They're on YouTube and they're on Facebook. Also, these messages, there's a, an ability for you to submit questions about the messages. And, and uh, we, we try to, to put the link um, on the site with the message, and also it's on our, on our website. And you can submit those questions anonymously. So, as, as you listen and as you review these, these messages... Don't, don't, don't be confused. Don't, don't be uncertain about any portion of the teaching that you have heard. If there's something that we said that may have gone by very quickly, you may, you may ask yourself, well, did they really say that? Did they really say that? I remember one time Minister Stinson in her teaching, she talked about that, um, you know, infidelity is not an automatic cause for divorce. And some of you may be like, did she really say that? You know, Send, send in your questions. If, there, if there's some concerns that you have uh, about, about the, uh, the premarital state, you know, send in those questions. And we're going to actually um, uh, address those questions um, in, in order um, to make sure that we, we bring the greatest clarity on this particular subject. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, it says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And he goes on to say, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And so we see here from this passage of scripture that that, that the, the love that, that a husband should have for his wife should be as to his own flesh, because the two have been joined as one. And the scriptures above talks about that, that, that you need to, to, to show love to your wife as though, she, as, though she were, as though she were yourself. And what man hates his own self? What man abuses his own self? But that, that you should cherish her and nurture her. And he says that, that as, as I'm explaining this to you, maybe you don't fully understand, but this is an example. This is a reflection of Christ in the church. 
And I'm sure that, 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 that when he said it, some people were scratching their heads. And so the writer just goes on and says, let me just break it down to you and make it as simple as I can. He says, let, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. He says, I, I, I know you're not understanding the concept of Christ in the church and how that relates to your marriage. But just know that, you know, if, if you just love your wife as yourself, you're going to be doing good. And wives, respect your husbands. Give him the, the honor and the fear that he deserves. That's what that word reverence means. You know, it doesn't say that, it doesn't say wives worship your husbands, because our worship belongs to God alone. But there should be some reverence in your home. There should be some reverence. As, as you're considering the marital state, if you're with someone and you don't have a reverence for that person, you know, you need to ask yourself, am I ready for the married state? If you're with someone and, um, you know, apologies for the musical reference and, and, um, and you're just loving the one you're with and you're not with the one that you love, you need to ask yourself, am I ready for the married state? Am I, am I ready for the married state? Because it says here that, that this, this is a great love, even as Christ loved the church. You know, this, this, the object of this teaching was to help you to answer this question for yourself. You know, for, for many of us, the, the more relevant question is because this is, that's a yes or no question. Am I ready for the married state? You know, you can say yes or no and then move on with your day. You know, and sometimes your, your mind fires and, and it gets inspired when, when you ask the question a different way. And it's, it's, how do I know? How do I know when I'm ready for the married state? And so now your brain is thinking in, in a different way. It's like, okay, well, there, there's some things that I need to be looking for. There's some questions that I need to have answers to. There's some, there's some signs that I need to have, have seen both in myself and in the person that I'm interested in. And in, in the person that, that, that's my fiancé or, or the person that, that's a potential spouse. You know, we, we pointed you to your, your, your godly filters of authority to, to ask that question, to get counsel on that question. Am I ready for the married state? But in all, in all seriousness, you know, you're going to have to answer that question for yourself. You know, mama may say one thing, daddy may say one thing, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to answer that question for yourself. Am I married Am I ready for the married state? Because your, your marriage, guess what? It's your marriage. Your marriage is your marriage. Your, your mama can't help you with your marriage. Dad, daddy can't help you with your Your marriage is your marriage. And guess what? It is a lifetime commitment. It's a lifetime commitment. And so you're going to have to be able to answer that question for yourself. The answer is going to have to be settled inside of you and I know our, our, our system today is, it's you know it's corrupt and those things that, that, that we thought were were what they call settled law you know already foregone conclusions they, they change and they shift over time we've changed the definition of what marriage is right according to our fashions in our times but but this this answer to this question it has to be settled inside of you Settled once, never to be changed. Settled once and for all inside of you. You know, we're mindful as we ask this, as, as we present this question to you, 
that there are some of you that are, that are eager to be in the married state. You just can't wait. You just can't wait. And, and, and some of you need to actually pump the brakes. So you, need, you need to pump the brakes and consider who you are and where you are and what God has called you to do. Now listen, there are also some of you that, that, that hear this question, and I'm just going to be honest, you've been, you've been dragging your feet. You've been dragging your, seat, your feet. It's, it's, it's been time and it's been past time. And God has been talking to you about it, but for whatever reason, there's, 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 there's fears, there's uncertainties, there's, there's things that are holding you back, and, and you're going to have to step up. And I'm not saying that you're going to have to step up because you're going to lose somebody or you, you know, fear of missing out. You're going to have to step up because you're going to put yourself in a very dangerous position. You know, in 1 Corinthians, it says that if, if you have someone that you're betrothed to, and you're having a hard time with that engagement, with that betrothal, because there's that passion has been ignited between you, you need to go ahead and get married. You need to stop this fantasy of, you know, in a year and a half, we're going to have a castle wedding in Paris, and we're trying to save up to get airplane tickets for everybody, and you need to go down to the Justice of the Peace, you need to walk into the pastor's office and say, look, we're ready. It's time. It is time. Because otherwise, you're going to put yourself where it's something that, 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 that could have been, um, you know, one thing for God's purpose. You're going to put yourself in a difficult situation. You're going, you're going to walk yourself into sin. And so for some of you, that, that question, you know, you've been dragging your feet and you really need to step up. So listen, over, over uh, my next few weeks, I'm going to, I'm going to just review the teachings with an emphasis that I said on, on the questions that, that you should have answered for yourself. And, I, and I, as I was listening back, I heard all the ministers, as they were giving you know, their points, as they were giving the scripture references, they were all saying, they were asking you, this is something that you need to ask yourself. This is something that you need to examine within yourself. And so now is the time. If you haven't done it already, you need, to, you need to ask yourself and get the answers to these questions. For some of you, there, there are some conversations that should have happened. And, you, and you've, been, you've been reluctant to have those conversations with this person that, that, that you're intending to spend the rest of your life with. There's some, some things that you need to know. And I don't know if it's because of fear or because you really know what the answer is. Maybe, maybe you're saying that, that I think that I'm in a place, but I really don't think that they're in that place. I'm looking, I'm looking at their lives. I'm, 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 I've been talking to the people that they know. I've been talking to their parents. And I kind of, you know, kind of like this, this person, but I don't really think that they are ready for the married state. At least not to me. You know, maybe somebody else that has a different standard, but not to me. And so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to not be afraid you're gonna have to not be afraid to have those conversations. One of the things that that, that we want to do is is um, we want to point you to God's standard for marriage. We want to point you to God's standard for marriage. 
This is not about our experiences. This is not about our preferences. But we're pointing you to God's standard for marriage. You know, it's not even about what you have experienced in your own life. What you've seen in your own family. That's not God's standard for marriage. We're pointing you to what what the scripture says about marriage. You know, too often we have this... um, this add-on mentality when it comes to our Christian walk and when it comes to, to marriage. Now, what do I mean by that? We, we, we say that, well, you know, I can, I can um, you know, be an engineer, I can get a Ph.D., I can, uh, you know, um, um, you know um, have research grants, and I can get, and I can get married. You know, it, it's, it's a list of things. You know, it's, it's just a, another thing in a long list of things that you see for yourself. It's an, it's an add-on. It's an, it's an accessory. Right? You know, I, I, was getting, I was getting dressed this morning. I said, well, okay, let's put on this tie. Let's put on this jacket. I said, well, you know what? Maybe I'll put on that vest. Yeah, I'll put on that vest. I haven't worn that, that vest in a while. You know, we, we look at marriage, and, and to be honest, you look at your relationship with God as an add-on, as an accessory. You know, if it gets warm, I can just take this off, right? I can just put this to the side and, and, and maybe, you know, look, consider it later on. You know, we look at our Christian walk as, uh, as, as um, what, what's, what's the, the singer says, that he's the God of the hills and the valleys. You know, we look at, we look at our Christian walk as, as only needing God when we're at our highest highs and when we're at our lowest lows. But, 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 but. You need to have an everyday God, an all-the-time God, not a faraway God. Look, he, He's near. He's near to you. Um, we, 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 look, we look at our, at our marriages as, you know, I'll, I'll get married, and, and as long as it's convenient for me, as long as this is working out for me, then I can stay in this union. Hey, as long as we're having fun, we're together. But but when the, when the fun is gone, when everything when when all the songs are over with and all the people have gone home, and there's just dirty dishes to clean up, and all the mess that was left behind, well I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tip out also, you know, I'm gonna step out as well. No, you this it's your house. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to dwell in it. It's your house. You're gonna have to dwell in it. We talked about, you know, the preparation for the married state, and we covered, you know, um, several scriptures and several teachings. But if you notice in the teachings, a common thread is that we really focus so much more of the teachings, not on the married state and preparing for the married state, but we were talking about your preparation for your spiritual state, for your, your, your spiritual condition. And that's why this, this message, these messages are, are relevant to everyone. Now, these, these are intended, these are targeted for those that are in a premarital state. Some of you that, that, that are, you know, are already you know, intended. Some of you that, that would like to be intended. You know, some of you that, that may be targeted and you don't even know it. And we're trying to give you fair warning. 
But you know, really, it's 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 not just the married state, but it is your your spiritual state. And the reason why is because marriage is a divine institution that is created by God. Marriage is a divine institution that has been created by God. And how can you hope to receive from God without first coming to God? How can you hope to receive from God without first coming to God? You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's always, you know, in my experience, it's been disturbing to me to see, um, you know, how people come into the state of marriage, how they rush into the state of marriage, or how they avoid the state of marriage. You know, how, how, they, how they, 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 they treat their marriages so casually and without the proper regard. You know, I mean, I'm sure all of you have seen the ceremonies where, the ring bearer is the son of the two that are at the altar. I know that you all have been to ceremonies where there have been two standing before the minister, but really there are three. Right? One is three months along, six months along. Oh, I'm sorry. Some of these things we're supposed to keep quiet, right? We're not supposed to talk about. I'm sorry. We're talking about family business again. I'm going to get the, the emails and the, the Facebook posts, like, you know, keep our stuff out of, like, you know, hey, I'm talking about reality. I'm talking about reality. And it's not just the reflection of, of what your attitudes and opinions are about marriage. This is, this is a reflection of your attitude about your relationship with God. Because you're saying, you know, God, I'm going to live any way that I want to live. I'm going to be any way that I want to be. But I want you to put your stamp of approval on what I've, de on what I've decided to do. I'm going to adapt the things that, that you have commanded. I'm going to modify the things that you have commanded so that it better suits me. So that it better suits me. And we've been, we've been gradually, that's why this is taking so long, We've been gradually trying to teach out all those bad experiences. All those bad experiences. All of those, those misrepresentations of what marriage is. So that you understand, so that you know what the standard of God is. And listen, once the standard has been declared, you're now accountable for it. Once, you, once, once the warning has been given... It's up to you to take heed. It's up to you to take heed. Our, our hands are clean. We didn't come up here talking about, you know, um, brother and, and minister and sister Martin's 32 years. I, I forget what it is. Um, you know, brother and sister Everhart's 27 years. So I guess you guys are 28 years, right? You're, you're a year ahead of us. You all are about 32 years. The Hastings are 32 years. The Hills, you all are in double digits now. Congratulations. What are you, like 12, 15, 13 years? I, I, it was just like yesterday. When we were standing in that cold February night. Hearing those vows being exchanged. You know, talk about a way to remember. Talk about a way to remember. You know, we didn't come up here talking about our experiences and what we did to keep our homes in order. We came up here declaring the word of God. 
and what God's standard is. Listen, it doesn't matter. Let me go back to, to what your experiences have been as a child. It doesn't matter what you think you saw in your home as a child. And let me give you a couple of reasons why. First of all, as a child, you only have a limited insight into grown folks' business. You only have a limited insight into grown folks' business. And even if you asked, right, even if you asked, well, why come y'all couldn't stay together? Or why, why, why do you all have this, this dynamic between you where you all are always sniping at each other back? Even if you ask, you're only going to get one side of the story. You're only gonna, and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to make that person look the most favorable, right? It's going to, you know, you only get one side of the story. But, but let's just say you had perfect information. Let's say you knew the whole deal. Your mind is not able to process that information. As you, as, as a child, as a, as a, as a 20 year old, as a 30 year old, listen, you, you don't understand. You don't understand when you've been married longer than you've been unmarried. Your, your, your minds are not able to process that information. So, so no, while you're thinking, and, and I hope that, you, that, you, that you're getting something positive and something that, that, that leads you to Christ as, as you look at the, at the marriages and the relationships in your lives. I hope that we're not a hindrance to you, but just know that we are striving in our marriages and in our lives to be a reflection of Christ in the church. That's what the standard is. Your standard is not to, is not to repeat your mother and father's marriage. Your, your standard is not to try to repeat our founding pastor and our pastor's marriage. No, your, your, your goal is to, is, to, is, to, is to strive, is to press. It's to press towards the mark. The higher calling is in Christ Jesus. And it begins with your spiritual condition. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use up all my, all my review time. But I just want you to understand that, that you know, it's, it's not based on what you've seen. It's not based on even your romantic views. But you have to get settled in your, in your mind that, you know, marriage ha- is based on the standard of God. It's, it's based on the standard of God. Now, Minister Castile, she always talks about cooking. I'm, I'm kind of like the opposite of her. I'm the anti-cook. And so I, ha- I have to read the recipes in detail. Because if I try to cook something and I'm not reading the, the recipe, I might use baking soda instead of baking flour. Is that a thing? I don't. So, okay, see, you already know. You, all, you already know. You know, I might see TSP and say, is that tablespoon of salt or what is that? You know, teaspoon of salt, right? So I'm the anti-cook. I have to read the directions very carefully. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to make something based on my 
my, uh, my, my preconceived, my prejudices, my, my, my gut feeling, my instincts of what it's going to look like and what it's going to taste like. Right? Because you're going to be getting something with bacon flour that should have had, okay, whatever, something else in it. Right? But I know, I know that if I read the instructions and if I read them carefully, then we'll, we'll all have a wonderful meal. We'll all have a wonderful meal. If, 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 you, if you take heed to the word of God, this is what I want to get across to you. If you take heed to the word of God and you apply yourself with the intention that you're going to apply his standard for your marriage, you may not be the perfect person. And guess what? You're not. You may, she may not be the ultimate woman. And guess what? She's not. She has flaws. But as you are striving towards the standard that God has set, now all of a sudden there is that third person and it's, it's the Holy Spirit is at work in your marriage. And even though you know that you've fallen short, even though you know that all things are not you know, as, as, as good as you would like them to be, when people are on the outside looking in, all they see is the glory of God. All they see is that you are striving to meet the standard that God has set. And that's what people should see in your marriage. Not that you're this perfect couple and your children are perfectly dressed and your house is is perfectly ordered. But they should see the glory of God. They should see that everyone in the house is pressing in. Everyone in the house is pressing and even the little children are saying hallelujah because that's what they hear in their homes. Even, even the little ones lift their hands during praise and worship because that's what they see in their homes. As they, as they grow up and people are talking to your children, they should, they should see that the standard of God has been established in your home. It's not your standard, it's God's standard. So go to, uh, go to Hebrews chapter 3. And we're just setting the stage here. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna really dig into this. You know, so here's, here's a question that you need to ask yourself is, is what's, what's my view of marriage? You know, don't, don't just ask yourself. Write it down. Write it down on a piece of paper. You're like, oh, I got my tablet here. I got my phone here. Get a piece of paper out. Get a, get, a, get a pen out. Get a pen, not a pencil, get a pen. Something that, that, that you cannot erase. Say, what, what is my view of marriage? And how does it line up with God's standard for marriage? What is my view of marriage and how does it line up with God's standard for marriage? You know, I mentioned before about experiences. Many of us grew up with, with, uh, with seeing compromises in marriages. You know, we have to, to keep, keep mama happy. We got to keep, keep dad happy. So we'll do things that don't even make sense, that are illogical. We'll do things that, 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 that set us back. We'll, we'll move churches. Maybe we won't even go to church because... Dad wants to have a barbecue today. You know, what is your view of marriage and how does it compare 
to God's standard. To God's standard. Some of you, you you grow up and, and you've seen how, I've seen how couples would stay married Even though there was there was you know limited passion, maybe maybe there was there was a whole lot of you know sparks and fire. They they would stay married, and you would think everything was going fine until the children graduated from high school. And when the children get out of high school, that's it. They're like, you know what? We've done our job. And just let, let me tell you, when your children get out of high school, you have not done your job. There is still work for you to do. They say, well, our children, they, they're, they're out of the house, they're out of the nest, and they're settled. Now I can go ahead and I can, I can be free. I can do my own thing. When, when, when you're married, you're institutionalized. You're locked up and locked down. And it is a lifetime sentence. I'm sorry, commitment. It's a lifetime commitment. You want to be free? Be free in the commitment. That's what your that's what your freedom is. And guess what? It's your choice. Listen, I hope I didn't glaze over that. It's your choice. You don't have to get married. There is no requirement for your salvation for you to get married. You don't have to get married. But if you do get married and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have to follow His boundaries for marriage. His rules for marriage. The path that He has established for marriage. Hebrews chapter 3. This takes me to where I want to get to. It says in chapter 3, verse 13, this is what I'm talking about. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. That means the time is now. Lest any of you be hardened, I'm sorry, through the, the deceitfulness of sins. For we are made partakers of Christ if we behold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. It's a, it's a, it's a lifetime, a lifetime commitment. Verse 15, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. He's saying, if, if, if you hear the word of God, as you hear the word of God today, you know, yesterday is already in the past. You can't change yesterday. You can't cover up the mistakes of yesterday. You know what? You can't, you can't get any mileage out of the accomplishments of yesterday. Right? Yesterday is in the past. That's, that's already done with. God is not carrying over your balance from yesterday and today. In, in the good, bad ledger, He's not carrying over a balance. 
He says, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't get so stuck in your tradition and in what you think. Don't get so fixed in your emotions. In your rebellion. In, your, in that I'm going to do it my way. And no one can tell me anything because this is my business. That's why I love to hear people talk about this is my business. This is my business. You know, stay out of my business. I I thought you were bought with the price. I thought that there was some redemption that happened where where basically you said that everything that, that my life was counted for nothing. That I could attain to excellency in Christ Jesus. So he says, don't don't harden your hearts. If you hear the word of God today, don't harden your heart. And real brief, I'm just going to let you know the topics that we're going to cover. And these are the the things that that we touched on over the past several months. We talked about the why and when for premarital counseling. You know, why why is counseling necessary? And we kind of touched on that. If you don't know, you need information. If you got information, you need to know how to apply the information. And even knowing how to apply, you need to know when to apply the information. So the why and when for premarital counseling, we talked about that. We talked about marriage from God's perspective and His divine purpose. Because it starts with God. It starts with God. We talked about, since it starts with God, what does God want from my marriage? What's, what's he looking for? It's always, you know, I, I always like to go into an examination knowing what the professor is going to ask. One of, one of the, the, the scariest times in my house, and it happens so often, you know, I, I should just get over it, is, is, um, is when someone says, um, Dad, can I ask you something? Or, or can you take a look at this? And I'm like, can you just tell me what it is? Or, I just love it, you know, since I'm working from home, people come knocking on my office door. And they'll say, do you have a second? I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, did somebody die? What's going on? It's like, no, I just wanted you to see that this was, a, you know, something small. But we need to know what God, what, what does God want? He's not going to hide it from you. He wants you to know what his expectation is from your marriage. And in fact, he wants you to know how to give it. He's not going to give you something and say, this is my expectation. You figure out how to bring it to pass. No, he's going to even let you know how, 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 to, how to bring forth that which is required of you in your marriage. And now you've got to ask yourself the question, am I willing to do that? Am I willing to go there? I thought it was just going to be a ceremony and we were going to you know, split the rent. That you mean all of this, all of this, 
is included in marriage? All of this? Yes, all, all of this. Guess what? Your whole life. Everything. 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 All of this. Yes, all, all of this. And, and all, all of this, just know that all of this is still not enough without the Holy Spirit. You'll still fall short. But all, all of this and the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you in all of this. We talked about the seriousness of the covenant of marriage. I mean, that it's, it's, it's very serious that God hates divorce. So we talked about the seriousness of the covenant. Too often we, we see people in the way that their marriages go, you know, it tends to be the way that their faith goes. I've seen people with broken marriages that have left the church. Never to come back. I've seen people with broken marriages that have left the church and they come back, but they're not really back. There's something in Court America called on the job and retired. On the job and retired. Some of you are, are in your marriages, but you're retired. You're there, but you're not really there. You're not really there. You're not, you're, not, you're not looking for what God wants from your marriage. You're not looking for excellence in your marriage. You're just trying to get by. Like, I, look, I'm coming home. I'm, I'm doing the bare minimum. But I'm not invested in this. So the seriousness of the covenant of marriage. And then we talked about submission in marriage. And I know you all thought that Minister Castile was cussing at you, but she wasn't. She was encouraging you. She was, she was giving you the key to success in your marriage. It's like if she came out with a, with, a, with a tray of cinnamon rolls, it couldn't have been any better. When she was telling you about submission and marriage, she was giving you the sweet, sweet goodness of how to make it all the better. How to make it all the better. All those times when you guys are talking at dinner and it goes from can you pass the Kesha to I remember when your mama said this on our wedding day to I remember, you know, when, when we were three years into our marriage and you said this to me. The, the cure for all of that, all those unresolved battles. And I remember back in middle school, you were looking at that girl. We're 50. All those, all those unresolved issues in your marriage. You'll, you'll, you'll find the answer to that in submission. The answer to that in submission. Let me close with this. Don't harden your heart. Don't don't harden your heart. Let me let me let me close with this. This is this is um, something that, that that Jesus gives us. 
Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And just so you know, Christ, he's talking about the relationship, your relationship, your spiritual relationship. And we've already related how your spiritual relationship and your marriage, they're all connected. I'll just start at verse 27. It says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. He's talking about the cost of discipleship. The cost of discipleship. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest haply, after he have laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. He says, count, count the cost. He says, it doesn't, make it, it doesn't even make sense in the natural that you would set for to be a wall builder. That you, would, that, you would, that you would start out in the kingdom and not count the cost. And that you would get started. That you would get started. You have sweet Sweet babies, three and four, and you call it quits. How's that possible? You have young men, young women in your households, 13 and 14, just trying to figure out who they are, who they are. And you're like, you know what? This thing that, was, that you built your life on, that doesn't need, that's not even real. What? So not only am I trying to figure out who I am, I don't even know what the world is. Because you both were my world. And you've walked away from a lifetime commitment. You've got sons and daughters in their early 20s, in their early 30s, that are still trying to figure out how to make it and how to make a home. And here you are in your 50s, and you tell them, you know what, all the work that you're putting in, it doesn't mean anything. Because when you turn 50, just walk away from it. And you wonder, you know, why young people are reluctant to make the commitment to marriage. That's why we've been that's why we've been going through this methodically, line by line, precept upon precept, so that you can understand God's standard for marriage. Listen, I'm not saying that your parents are to blame. I'm not laying blame on anyone. I'm not even laying blame on society. You know why? Because we were born in sin. But listen, now salvation has come. Now is the day when the word of the Lord is being spoken. Will you hear what God is saying? Will you take to heart the counsel of the Lord? and says, you know what? 
I will apply God's standard to marriage, to my perception of marriage, to my idea of what it is to serve, of what it is to worship, of what it is to bow down. Then God can be Lord of our lives. Then he can be Lord of our homes. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.